This week on the Brody and Mo In Law Show. You can eliminate quarantine protocols right now, but the only sport that will come back for the next five years is the Olympics. Yes, I brought my child to a sports bar. Yes, she's 10 months old. Yes, we are by ourselves. College basketball at its essence is not really a beautiful sport anyway. True. I'm not going to be the naked Arnold Schwarzenegger, so that's going to have to be your role. Sports, collaborate on being dads to daughters and conversate on the pressing matters of today. Brody, you are an, a pretty active conservationist. Is that fair to say? I You've think done so. your, your fair share of work with protected species from the rhinoceroses in rhinoceroses? Rhinoceri? Rhinoceros? The rhinoceros? The, the, rhino, the, the rhinos. rhinos. <laughs> oh, it's the rhino species in, uh, in South Africa? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You uh, you and Chelsea were just in Texas a couple of weeks ago doing yeah. work with an organization that helps with elephants, rescue yeah. elephants. Uh-huh. That's what I'm wearing today. This is the Oh, preserve. yeah. Nice. I see it. Uh, yeah. Okay. They're out of Fredericksburg, Texas. Great people. Okay. Uh, I've got a question for you about this. In the course of your work with uh, with these conservationist efforts, have you met anybody that you would say is like in the in crowd, like an insider for for like the big game world, like big game hunting in particular. Mm, I wouldn't. Uh, I've I've met a few people that are in that are into big game hunting that have done some big game hunts. Um, I don't know if I've I've met of anybody that's like the head honcho person. Does that is that what you're asking? Like the head head guy or girl? I don't know. So so here's what I'm getting at. Here's I. I don't want to talk about big game hunting because it's too controversial an issue for this. What is a family based <laughs> podcast that is supposed to make people laugh? Yes. But what I what I need you. is I need an insider in the big game hunting world because I I need uh I need to get drawn. I need to get drawn for an <laughs> elephant hunt. What? What? Why? Let me be specific what? here. Is I don't I don't want to get drawn for general elephant hunting uh, there is one elephant in this world that i need to murder and i just need a tag for it. i need to know who can get me this tag okay let's see if i can come up with it as a dad to a daughter yourself and someone who's in quarantine and is probably watching a lot of children's programming i think you know which elephant i'm i'm gonna I think i'm here. starting to <laughs> i'm starting to get close i think lay it on me i have got to kill bailey the elephant from word party brody <laughs> I was so wondering where are you going? Where are you going with this? You want to hunt an elephant, which is not illegal, but you got to have some change <laughs> to be able to pull this thing off. I don't want to just hunt elephant. I want to Captain Ahab, my white whale elephant of Bailey. <laughs> I will be your guide on that event. Oh my gosh, listeners, you need to understand if you are a father of daughters or if you're a father in general i think you have heard of this show called word party which is awful i am an ambassador of elephants and they're like one of my favorite species and they're fun but this elephant needs to go this elephant is not fun 
this elephant is whiny and he is needy and he is bossy and he thinks he owns this group. He's an elephant baby dictator. Is exactly what it is. Bailey has the worst voice too on the whole thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And like, it's the worst. I can't like I, my hands are getting sweaty talking about this. Cause I think that's rage <laughs> that's coming out in like that's testosterone that's coming out elephants in, in real life when they're in musk they like sweat glands that come out of their temple temples it's like testosterone it's the same thing that's coming out in my hands right now because i'm so pissed because i hate this. really that's a real thing <laughs> yeah yeah they, they, it's like an oily substance that come out of their temples and uh in musk when they're going into into repro season but like i am so i this elephant sucks dude this show i'm gonna get tip my hat though to the creators of this show for one reason because they know that us as parents will do anything to make sure to like have our child be <laughs> preoccupied for 20 minutes. And that's what my child does is stands four inches from the TV and watches this show. I don't think blinks for 20 minutes. I have to sit through it because I know that it's going to keep her happy for 20 minutes. And <laughs> this is where my mind wandered Mo for a while today. She was watching word party. Okay. Word party. For those listening, it has four characters. I don't remember their names exactly, but there's a wallaby, there's an elephant, there's a cheetah. Is he a wallaby? I thought he was a kangaroo. No, he's a wallaby. He's a wallaby. He's a wallaby, which is cool. I, I, I we've actually owned a wallaby before. It's a cool story. It's they're fun, but not this wallaby. There's a wallaby. There's an elephant. There's a cheetah, and there's a panda. And so Sadie's watching this today, and my mind wandered to where. <laughs> What would happen if this was real life? If we really put these four animals together, what would be happening? I've come up with the solution. The okay. cheetah would kill the wallaby first, instant. Like they're, they don't run particularly fast. The panda would probably crawl up, up a tree. Probably after a couple of days, the cheetah is going to get hungry again. So it'll go after the panda because it won't go after an elephant unless it's a little, little one. Uh, and and even by itself a cheetah by itself they wouldn't go after the elephant so unfortunately so we're going to be stuck at the two if desperation mode it might go the cheetah might go after the elephant and, and if it's extremely desperate but the elephant's going to end up killing this this cheetah oh no we're left with bailey the elephant yes that's gonna be the one that lives and even if they live to old no. age the elephant in, in wild is going to live longer than the cheetah so that's why i'm bringing it back to the point of if we murder it now we don't have to live through that kind of like a terminator situation like we have <laughs> yes. to kill this thing now so that future john connor yes can, or however that timeline works i don't think anybody knows how the terminator <laughs> no. timeline works anymore that's what we have to do we have to go back in time i'm not going to be the naked arnold schwarzenegger so that's going to have to be your role in this but back to word party dude they have a song in there and i'm sure you've heard it that's called let's not fight yeah. You know, let's not fight. I've reworded it to let's all fight because I'm Irish. I like this better. I like this better. <laughs> I've only gotten to let's all fight. That's as much as I've gotten. And I just sing along to it. Let's all fight. And then I throw Sadie <laughs> against the sofa. <laughs> give me give me a new title to this show where the, the, the tagline is let's all fight. Let's all fight. It would be. Yeah. Hmm. I would say fight party. Fight Club. Fight Party's good. Oh. Fight. <laughs> Baby Fight Club. It's like Muppet Babies, but, but fighting. With Brad Pitt as a child wallaby. Uh. <laughs>
If we're going to talk about Word Party, we could talk about Frozen 2, doggone. We got to always talk about Frozen somehow. Because I have a concern. I have, I have a concern about Frozen 2 that just came up again. Okay. So if you'll remember back in Frozen 2, arguably the worst movie that's ever been made in the history of cinema, <laughs> there's a part in the film where Elsa gets mad and puts Anna and Olaf in an ice boat and sends them down the mountain and they end up in the river, right? You, you following mm-hmm. where I'm going with? And Unfortunately, I know, you know exactly, exactly what I'm talking about. And they're strolling along and then they're like, shh, be quiet. There's, you know, the rock giants are everywhere and like shows them breathing and then they almost go into like one of the nostrils and then they see a cave off to the right. What hole did they go into when the rock monsters? I mean, we hope it's a nose, right? But that's all I can think about in this film. Like, I've seen it so many times that I have to think of something different. Here's something Emily and I have been doing now recently with Frozen 2 and with all the, really all the Disney movies is we're gauging how big the eyes are. In, in only the female characters of every Disney movie. The next time you watch oh. like Moana or Frozen or Tangled or whatever, look at the difference in the size of the character's eyes. What is like that? Guys, all guys have normal-sized eyes. They're all fine. Like, wow. They look like regular human beings. You look back at Ariel, oh. uh, Moana, whatever her name was in tank rapunzel Rapunzel. how did i forget rapunzel (laughs) rapunzel the frozen sisters huge eyes okay and i looked this up and apparently big eyes give off the illusion of innocence oh and so disney purposely creates their female characters their princesses in particular with these enormous eyes oh evil people never always small Small beady stuff yeah and even if you watch like avatar the the avatar's eyes are enormous really like they swallow their face and all very intentional to make people think okay these are the people you can trust they're the innocent ones they're the the protagonists yeah they're these are the good these are the good guys they have big eyes so that means they're they're innocent wow that's interesting i didn't know that huh so is that why they is that why they all the kids like elsa so much and not anna it doesn't make sense because maybe she has bigger eyes and blonde hair they like blonde hair I don't know. Do kids like Elsa more? Because Posey is all about Anna. Dude, for the first, only up until the last probably week, has Sadie even acknowledged that Anna even exists in the film. Because, yeah, she used to just Elsa, 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 that's it. You know, she didn't even know the word frozen. It was just Elsa. And now it's like, (laughs) Anna? Olaf? And, you know, she's like naming the other characters frozen. Maybe it's the blonde hair and bigger eyes. I'd be interested to see that. I didn't know that. The only thing I know is that Disneyland, you're never more than 30 steps away from a trash can. That's my my claim to fame that I know oh. at Disneyland. Yeah. Right. Walt Disney did a study and he noticed if kid, people take 30 or more steps, they're likely to throw their trash on the ground. So anywhere you're on the park, you're no more than 30 steps away from. The amount of research that that company has done Crazy. for the most mundane things. Like the garbage and eye innocence. They, they developed a color green. That people don't notice. That's what color their trash cans are. So you don't even notice they're there. I didn't know that either. <laughs> and they have big eyes. <laughs> hey, Disney, give us a sponsorship and we'll give out interesting pieces of trivia about you and your research and development department. Disney, not enough people know about you. They are only getting this information from us. So You're really flying <laughs> under the radar here, Disney. A small little company I've suggested investing in. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is what quarantine is doing to us, man. This is what happens when you take sports away from us. This is exactly what happened when you take spurts. I've been pronouncing Spur- it spurts. Is it sports? Somebody I, told me that the other day. It doesn't sound right. I don't know. I don't know I, anymore. Let me give you. Let me give you two scenarios here Wait that on I've me. cooked up. Okay, scenario A: You can eliminate quarantine protocols right now, but the only sport that will come back for the next five years is the Olympics. Or scenario B: All sports return back to normal right now, but the quarantine protocols stay in place for the next five years. The so go over my options one more time. One more Option time. A is you can you can eliminate the quarantine protocols right now, but the only sport that you get back for the next five years is the Olympics. So I get the Olympics every year for five years, or once. I think on- you would, given that we're in like it's a four year cycle. I think you'd get one Summer Olympics and one Winter Olympics in that five year span. I'm there. And then option B is all sports go back to normal right now. But the quarantine protocols that we're in stay in place for five years. So no fans in the stands. No fans in the stands. You still got to work from home. You don't see any, but everything is the same as it is right now. Only you get to watch sports. <sighs> I think I go with option B. You know, we stay in place and, and we're staying here and we're hunkered down. And this thing has been crazy. It's been, it's been wild on a lot of people and I get that. But it will get, I think that that will open up. Uh, other options that could help even jumpstart to some degree the economy with people, you know, going back and buying more merchandise, even if it's not attending the game, but buy merchandise or betting or, you know, watching on TV. I got to imagine those TV stations are hurting really bad because nobody's watching anything on their stations anymore. So I'm going to go with option B. That's what I think. What do you, what did you come up with? I don't like the Olympics. Really? I don't care about the Olympics. Really? Emily, she, it, probably her favorite sporting event. I mean, she's not a huge sports fan as it is, but she right. really gets into the Olympics. She follows it from day one. She can name people. She can name events. Like, she just knows what's really? going on with that particular thing. I have never been a big fan of it, especially I think summer is hard for me. Really? I don't care about track and field yeah. at all. Yeah. The swimming events, so, like some of them I can get into, but I just, I can't identify with any of it, mm. I guess. I don't mind the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm sure I'm in the minority with that, to be honest, because the whole world likes the Olympics. <laughs> I'm probably the only person who doesn't. <laughs> the problem for me is that option B, inherent in option B, if the quarantine is still going on, that means that the virus is still around. So I'm then choosing option B to get sports, but keeping the, like, I'm voluntarily keeping the virus here in order to, for me to be able to watch football. <laughs> which i still even knowing that i think maybe i still, do, I still it. do it i still think i'm there i still think i'm there i think you're right i think i think it's right i see like the olympics i like i the olympics i like but to have it for five years and only get to watch two sporting events really the summer and the winter ones i don't think is is worth it i don't think it's worth it because then you've got two year gaps of nothing literally nothing that just like we're in now right but you've also eliminated you've also eliminated COVID nineteen in option A so, though too. So what if they what if they figure it out though? You know before then, you know they come up with the vaccine before then. Then B is the only option. It is, but we're assuming that we're assuming all medical professionals are external to this <laughs> particular scenario. <laughs> okay, because otherwise it doesn't work. Yeah, then we just kind of. <laughs> option C is everybody gets cured and the economy comes back. <laughs> 
I didn't read that. Oh, one, you, for, you forgot to bring C up. Oh man, boo! I think B. I mean, I I do like cheering for for USA. I like the Olympics in that regard. I like how it's very. You know, I think about the Olympics when I think about the World Cup. My God, I I don't like soccer, and I'm sorry. I know the whole entire world loves soccer, except for apparently America. But I like watching the World Cup. Me too. I mean, because it's American, and it's like everybody's cheering for the same team. You know, I went to my local sports bar during the last World Cup, and it's like everybody was cheering for the same team. Like, you don't see that in football or in any other sport. So, like, I get that with the Olympics, but is it enough to just you know to cancel all other sports i don't know if that's that's that weighs out where i can watch all my other sports go back yeah i agree i agree with you by the way local sports bar augies augies in <laughs> good. buckeye it's in goodyear throw us a sponsorship goodyear <laughs> i don't even know where you are but throw us a sponsorship we yeah i think i've paid your mortgage a couple of times so <laughs> <laughs> they're good people over Kick there it back so you brought up something that you don't like the Olympics, but everybody else does. So name five things, five things that you don't like, but everybody else does. The Bachelor. <laughs> I hate The Bachelor, but apparently everyone in the world likes it. What, what is that your number one one, you think? That's just the first one that came to my mind. Maybe Hummus? Oh yeah, hummus is yeah. I I do not like hummus. Like I'm not down for hummus. You, you're in Flagstaff. You're supposed to love hummus, isn't that like I know thing up there? It's an obligation to do it. My number one is chocolate. I hate you. Don't cho- like chocolate. I hate chocolate, dude. Yeah, I hate chocolate. <laughs> I had like chocolate parades, fireworks. Parades is good. <laughs> hiking. I don't like hiking. Everybody in the yeah, world likes hiking. I, like, I, I don't like care ho- about hiking. I like hiking. Hiking's hiking's okay with me. But yeah, you live in Flagstaff. You're supposed to hike like every 10 minutes. God, I know. you're in the wrong city, bro. I am. <laughs> no sports. All hummus. <laughs> all avocado toast. Yeah, avocado. Okay, so I've got three. You have, you have parades, fireworks, chocolate. What was your fourth and fifth? Soccer, apparently. But I think that that's also not, not liked as much in America, so I don't know if that one counts. My my probably number one now that I'm thinking about it, but the fourth one I thought of is Marvel movies. Oh, I'm gonna put that on my list too. I hate Marvel, dude. <laughs> Do not care at all yeah, about superhero that's on, movies. That's number five for me. I'm putting it on. I'm I'm. We can share that. Me and you both the same. Okay. I we did it. We're trying to be controversial here, but that's the same because I, I teach high school kids and they all love Marvel, dude. They love superheroes and they talk to me about it and I'm like, I don't care i don't know what any of those words mean and i don't care to know what they mean oh i know what my fifth one was craft beer i hate craft beer dude. oh man i don't think i can get behind you with that one because i do that is my flagstaff thing man is i do like i do like my stupid little local breweries i like hikes and you don't so we can have one that we split that's okay yeah i'm okay with crap i don't like I don't like the culture around craft beer where the people who drink it are like, oh, you like Coors Light? Oh, you like Blue Moon? Oh, you like beer? You're an idiot. (laughs) I only drink free range organic coffee ground porters with oatmeal stout. Like, no. When they're like, they're like, you, ew, you drink Coors Light? Nobody likes that. I'm like, it's the third most commonly sold beer around the world. What do you mean nobody likes it? The reason you like craft beer is because you started with Coors Light. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I'll split that one with you too. I'll go. 
I'll go craft beer culture. Okay. And you can go craft beer. So there we go. There's five. All right. We got I like to five. that. We got to five. Mannion this year, who was supposed to be the core of like the trio of freshmen that was going to revive and save Arizona basketball, regardless of the COVID closures. Like Nico Mannion was supposed to be the cornerstone on which this class was built. Was he a bust? Was Nico Mannion a bust? Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go with no. The only reason I can say no is because he came in and did enough. Uh, I, was he as great as advertised this season probably not i think that people had a little bit higher expectations for nico and probably to some degree justified he was the biggest you know big time recruit coming out of arizona staying home the whole thing um but i can't say he's a bust because he still he still played really good basketball he played terrible basketball with scouts in the stands i don't i can't call him a bust i can't quite get to the point of playing a bust because he played a lot of minutes he, he did score quite a bit of points. He's still young, 19 years old. He's still got a lot of learning to do. So I don't think he's a bust. And the other thing is, it's really hard to call any player a bust this season because we didn't get to finish. We didn't get to finish. The U of A basketball was probably going to make the tournament, uh, barring some sort of massive collapse in the Pac-12 tournament, but they were probably going to make the, ba- the dance. Had he shown up in the first game, scored two points, turned the ball over 10 times, I probably am leaning closer to bust, but it's hard to call him a bust if we were going to make the tournament and he still played good basketball. Good. I wouldn't say he played great, Mm -hmm. but he played good, but I have a feeling you're leaning somewhere else. Is that enough to call the, the number, was he the number one prospect coming out of Arizona? He was, he was was Mr. Basketball. Yeah. Is, is playing good basketball on a team that was, like expectations were pretty high. I think they were ranked top 15 to start the year. And then at the end of the year, you're looking at a team that's on the bubble. You're still missing you're still missing Brandon Williams. You got to take into account he got hurt. I think a lot of the basketball went through Brandon Williams too. So Nico probably played a little bit out of his out of his comfort zone, but to compensate that, I don't think we were nearly expecting um Najee to play the way he did. He came out of nowhere and he was he he was the star of the team. He overtook it. So a lot of people are counting Nico as a bust or if they are counting him as a bust, it's because Zeke came in and played the way he played that we weren't expecting. So, so much of the limelight went on him, which is justified. He deserved it. He deserved the, the, the accolades that he got. And, uh, but I still think Nico, I can't call him a bust if he still played good and he played good enough. He didn't play, you know, DeAndre Ayton style. He didn't come in and dominate the pack. But I still think he played good enough to not be considered a bust. Okay. I can, I can give you that. I'm all right with that. But what would you argue that that he he was a bust? My argument is that when you're a point guard, you're looked at as like similar to a quarterback. And you're going to be graded at the end of the year on not just your individual production, but you also shoulder some of the responsibility for wins and losses. 
Okay. And this team, I think, underplayed for their talent level, which I put a lot on Sean Miller, obviously. Yes. I don't think that he... Yes. I don't think he develops talent well. I think he expects that his freshman players can just come in and out like outhorse everybody else, that they're mm. just going to out-athletic the other teams that they play, which has been true a lot of the time. I mean, Aiton was the prime example of that. He just came in and just dominated everybody on pure yeah. physical prowess. I mean, he's just bigger, yeah. He's just a better. He's just better. You don't have to coach that. He just goes in, right. hey, go in and beat up everybody. Yeah, yeah. Good job. Yep. And still has a good mid-range jumper, too, to go with it. Yes. So I don't... It's unfair to always compare everybody to one of the best players that your organization has had, but you you keep looking for, like, that TJ McConnell guy. Yeah. Like, the guy who's a bulldog who makes everybody else around him better. And I, I didn't see that out of Nico. See... I saw, I saw guys who were good. I think Josh Green underplayed what he's capable of. I agree. I think Nico underplayed what he's capable of. I, I think Najee was the only one who like came out and surprised anybody. And I don't attribute a lot of that to Nico. Some of it, sure, because he's a good distributor. But Najee, I think, would have been good without him on the floor. Probably. I think Najee still had he had all of all of the assets. I think he's still gonna he's gonna be a good NBA player too. And I I think that your point guard, your TJ McConnell, is going to be a transfer. I don't think you they that there's going to be many high school guys because they're used to just scoring a ton of points. They're not used to managing a game, right? They're just used to in high school you can just score forty points a night. You know, it score more points than anybody else, and so scouts will look at me. Bill Self's not going to look at a player and be like, "Oh yeah, he managed the game really well." No, he scored fifty points. He needs to come play in Kansas. I can't call Nico Mannion a bust because he was second team All Pac twelve. You know. My expectation was first team, but I'm not going to call the dude a bust. If he would have been no team... Who was the first team point guard? Was it Peyton Pritchard out of Oregon? Yeah, he was the Pac-12 player of the year. That's who I want. Like, I want Peyton Pritchard. Yeah. And again, totally unfair to compare him to that guy. You just... He's a senior. Like you said, you need like a Kadeem Allen, a guy who's going to come in and play till he's a senior. You need TJ McConnell, play till he's a senior. You're right. And this segues into what I wrote down because this happened today. What are your thoughts on Jalen Green... Number one overall recruit this next upcoming season. He decided to go play in the G League instead of the NCAA. What are your thoughts on how does that impact the NCAA? Because I've heard a lot of people talking today of all different kinds of things. So what do you think? I've got to imagine that's going to start happening more and more. What what purpose does it serve these guys to come play a year in college when if you get paid for your basic room and board expenses, it opens up an FBI investigation. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't begrudge them for going to do that. If you're using college basketball as a one year launching point to get to the NBA, go to the G league, get paid to do it for a year and then get drafted. Yeah. Fine. I don't, I don't take it out on the student at all. Absolutely not. I mean, are you kidding me? You're, they, they said that Jalen green, the max that they, the G league pays is $500,000 a year. He's going to make $500,000 probably. Why would you not? But my question is, so I don't blame Jalen Green at all. If I was in his shoes, I'm doing that for sure. Because he's supposed to, you know, I haven't watched a whole lot of it, but he's going to be the the guy, right? He's going to be the guy in in two years draft. So what what do you think that impact is on the NCAA? I think if it becomes more prevalent, like more and more guys start doing that, the league will look really different. I, I don't think it, 
it won't diminish the parity of the league. Like there's still going to be competition and there's still going to be guys who want to come have that college experience and play at Duke or Kentucky or Kansas or some of these blue blood programs. You're never going to get rid of those kinds of people. The guys who know that they can make that jump real easily, they're going to go play, they're going to get paid and they're not going to go to college and that's okay. So will the game look different? It might. We might see guys who stick around a little bit longer because they're just not as skilled. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's maybe it starts to look more like football than basketball, where you've got guys who who do stay for. You have to stay in at least three years, right? And you you get these teams that build and form some kind of cohesion over a little bit of time, right. and so maybe it just looks like a different game. I don't think it will reduce my enjoyment of it. Because no. college basketball at its essence is not really a beautiful sport anyway. True. It's just like a bunch of of guys who are better than everyone else around them. And you don't have to be super graceful or skilled or even all that well coached. <laughs> you just have to recruit better guys. True. It's not the NBA. It's It's like come in and be better than everyone. And that's all you need to do. True. So the game itself, like I don't think it waters it down all that much to do it that way. I, in fact, I think I'd be okay with it. Yeah, wow, that's an interesting that, that's an interesting take. I like I like a lot of what you said. I think that it's really good. I think that the one and done rule has really hurt. Well, let me back back track before I get into the one and done thing. I think that college basketball it's starting to become more and more exposed and this Jalen Green moving on has really exposed it that the NCAA is really not preparing kids for the NBA. It is not the same game. It's not the same game. You got two halves, not four quarters. I mean, just start. You know, you've got you. You can come in, like you said, in in college and just flat out be better than everybody. Zion Williams, straight up, just better than everybody in the NBA. That wasn't even close. You come to the NBA, you can't just be better than everybody else. You're playing against LeBron James. You know, guys that have been in the league for years, who are equally, if not better than you who've been doing this for longer, who are seasoned, you can't just be straight up more athletic than everybody. You have to change your game. So is the NCAA even preparing kids for the NBA? I'm starting to lean towards no. I love college basketball, and this is not going to cause me to not stop watching it. It is one of, if not my favorite, one of my favorite sports to watch. But I seriously think that the NCAA is going to have to look and start doing something. What do do you change about the NCAA to make it more of an NBA prep league? Because college football reflects a lot of what, I mean, the schemes are very, very different, right, obviously. Right, right, right. Play calling is very different. Like the the way offenses in particular run in college ball is very different than the NFL. But the rules are probably more similar across those two sports than you get with basketball to the NBA. Like the three-point line is different. Yeah. yeah. You've got timeout rules are different. Fouls are different. Like you said, quarters versus halves are different. Like there's a lot of different things in that game to another game. So do you do you switch NCAA rules to mirror the NBA more to entice guys to come play there as a prep league? Do you think that helps? I think I, I don't know if it would help, um, but I don't think it would hurt. I think that's another hmm. recruiting point that you can say, like, especially now I think coaches are gonna have to really start looking into how they recruit people because of the way that Jalen Green decided he's gonna go to the G League. Well, if Jalen Green can do it, why can't I? Yeah. You know? Uh, your top probably, I would say, at least 10 recruits every year are now going to start really thinking that. 
Okay, instead of going and playing at Arizona or at Duke or Kansas, why don't I go make $500,000 for a year and then go play in the NBA? Um, Your lower echelon guys, like you said, I think that they're going to, you know, they're going to keep playing college ball, maybe need to refine their skills on something and go play that way. So I, I think that that it wouldn't hurt to, to move some of these things around just simply simple little things that, that will change. I don't, I don't think you can change the way the pace of the game. I think that's, that's all good. Um, and I like how it's, it's a little bit different. You are dealing with different characters in, in college basketball, but I mean, for crying out loud, have four quarters. I mean, <laughs> that's a change. I think that even if you kept it, it's two 20 minute halves now. I mean, even if you made it, you know, the equal 60 minutes or 40 minutes of basketball make it four 10 minute quarters i don't know like sure. i'm just throwing out sure. ideas this, this is going to better reflect what you're going to see in the nba because it's four quarters i don't know mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that helps recruiting but i think it doesn't hurt i think that the nba ncaa is going to have to change something they're going to have to pay players or they're going to have to pay That's players what it's going to come down to they're just going to have to start paying players yeah I mean, I, I think I used to be really against that, but I, I think that's the only reason why not. I heard a, a sportscaster talk about it today on on the radio is that the NCAA could potentially lose their tax accreditation, their you know tax exempt status, which, you know, yeah, because now you have all these employees and you've got you're shelling out payroll and stuff like that. But I, I don't know how which, you're going to change the sport. I don't either, which seems like a, a weird argument because you're already looking at the highest paid government employees in every single state are sports coaches at the universities. Yep. And it's not close. Yep. True. I mean, the number one paid state employee in Arizona is Sean Miller. Sean Miller. You know. And he can't break a zone defense. <laughs> I'll bet you you and I could break a zone defense if they gave us $8 million. Yeah, I could figure it out. Brody, give me your give me your dad joke for the week. Oh, dad joke for the week. So the dad joke of the week is brought to you by my 84-year-old grandfather who thinks it's right. hilarious and he always tells jokes and he's always on to something. And so this one's bad and it's an old one. So if you're listening to it, you know the punchline, but that's okay. There was a guy who owned a uh, nursery place where they own, you know grow a lot of plants. Not like a nursery, like a baby nursery, but they grow a lot of plants and sell you plants and all that stuff. And they made it through the winter and it was really cold and really tough. And then when spring came around, he was so happy he wet his plants. <laughs> oh, man. That's so bad. That one's a bad one, but it's got it's got to go out to Grandpa, my Papa there. <laughs> nice job, Pops. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good one, though. That's not my best one, but that I like that one. You got to save your, you can't give the best one up front. I know I'm, I'm going through it. I've got a, I work, um, for, uh, an auction company and they, they do a lot of dad jokes. The owner does a lot of dad jokes at pot of gold. They're great people. And he's got a calendar dad joke of the day and he goes through them. They're nice. awesome. I got to get my hands on them. <laughs> Building your repertoire. <laughs> Something like that, I guess. I don't know. Brody, I, I I imagine that you like everyone in the whole nation right now is on a a bunch of Zoom meetings and calls and you're doing all of your work via Zoom. Constant. Is Sadie hanging out with you on any of those Zoom calls? Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. We did like a video happy hour for my wife's work and so we we brought Sadie along with that one which is cool. You know, that was kind of happy hour, but 
like, what do you want me to do if I'm on a Zoom call with somebody or with like, I have a child, she's right here. And if I see her stuffing 25 Cheetos into her mouth, I need to intervene because she is going to no, you know you die don't. you let her do that <laughs> there, there, speaking of cheetos dude there are no officially it is official we have no rules uh, anymore we live in a land of lawlessness under this quarantine because okay. i have fed her cheetos for breakfast for the past three days and that's what i've had for breakfast for the past three days <laughs> so there is no Please don't call Child Protective Services on me. I, our child is great and does not only eat Cheetos. She has plenty of nutritious things that she eats, but I'm struggling on breakfast front because she calls them puffs. And when she comes up and says, puffs, please, and she's so sweet, I'm not going to not give her Cheetos. <laughs> I don't care if it's 730 in the morning. <laughs> you know what? I was going to let it sl- I was okay with it. I was going to let it slide that you were feeding her Cheetos for breakfast. What concerns me more is that you said you're also eating them for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a choice to be made here by an adult. It's okay to eat Cheetos if you're a kid, and it's okay if you're a college student. When you're a 32-year-old man with a child, you need to cut out the Cheetos for breakfast. When you're on these calls uh, with Sadie or back in the, the normal world, back in the before times when you used to just go around to like where there were other humans, yeah, and you had Sadie, and you were by yourself. Chelsea wasn't there. This was just you and Sadie. Oh, yeah. Did you ever get people who would say... Oh, looks like you're on babysitting duty today. All the time. <laughs> Dude, what's the deal with that? What? It feels like it's not something you would say to a mom. No, absolutely it's not. something you would say to a dad. Absolutely. Is it insulting? Should I? Do I need to be insulted by that? I don't think it's done intentionally to be insulting, but it comes across like, oh... You know, your wife is the one who takes care of the kid, and you've just got You're it. You're just kind of there. Good thing you're keeping it alive, Dad. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of my priority, actually. Like, yeah, just yeah. to keep it alive. That's step one. <laughs> my response to it has always been, "No, I'm not. It's my own child," <laughs> which is a, a real mean. Like, it's it's real smarmy to come back with that. It is the appropriate. But something about that just rubs me the wrong way. It's the appropriate response, though. That's how you need to respond. You're smarter on your feet like that. And it's and you needed to be... That's a good one. I'm going to steal that from you. Let's put some more anger out in the world. That's what we need more of, right? <laughs> I'm going to spread this to everybody. Hey, everybody, just be real sarcastic. If you're angry at everybody, you don't want to be six feet from them. So, I mean, that, you know, helps with the social distancing. <laughs> this is so. true. <laughs> I'm encouraging social distancing by being a real jerk. <laughs> Chelsea, all the time, she's like is everything okay with Sadie? She'll be crying. I'm like, well, she's breathing. So that's good. And she's like, is that the benchmark? I'm like, that's my benchmark. She's still you breathing. Believe. <laughs> so then that's checkmark number one. If she's not breathing, then we don't have checkmark number one. We have issues, but. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what we said when Posey turned one. We said, you know what? We kept her alive for a year. Victory. One year down. Victory. That's all you can ask for as a parent. Man, I get that all the time. Like, even from like waiters and waitresses. Oh, are you babysitting today? You're like, your tip is not going to be fun today. Yes, I brought my child to a sports bar. Yes, she's 10 months old. Yes, we are by ourselves. Just let us give her a beer and let's, let's move on. Let's go on. Something light, you know, because I'm worried about her health. Okay. She ate a bunch of Cheetos for <laughs> breakfast <laughs> and we got to wash it out. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's weird to parent in this time right it now. It is like, weird. All, all that stuff aside, 
the things that we've already dealt with, with people asking us if we're babysitting or whatever, all the normal parenting things, this is just such a different wrench in all of it. Really is. Everything is, everything is different. And it's, it's been like, you know, I asked my wife this the other day, you know, is, are we having Sadie watch too much TV? You know, like, is that, is that a thing? And she brought up, she's like, she's probably watched less TV than you and I did when we were growing up. Sadie, like, she'll watch TV for a little while and then she goes off and she runs around and does stuff. My parents would put on the TV just because we had two boys and it's like, if they're watching TV, they're not breaking things and they're not being loud. Like, whatever, just shut up and watch TV. We don't care. Rot your brain. Just, (laughs) just shh. (laughs) And I used to, you know, when you're single, you judge people like that and then you become a parent and you're like, oh, I get it. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) I'm on board with that. I'm sorry for everything I said. She's she's quiet for twenty minutes watching Word Party. That's fine. Whatever. What's been what What are the latest developments? If you could pass on some wisdom to new dads that you've been experiencing lately with your daughter, what's she been doing? That's uh, been, take yeah. take a ton of joy in the littlest things. Hmm. Uh, she's she's just this week learned how to point. Oh, so she's pointing at at us and at objects and that kind of thing. She's babbling a ton more. She's not standing on her own, but if you prop her up, she'll stand on something. She learned how to dance. Like we'll tell her, hey, dance. And she does like this wobble thing (laughs) and then giggles at herself a ton about it. She's also even learned how to throw tantrums, which has been really fun. And I I say that kind of tongue in cheek, but it's like, okay, she's recognizing things. She knows that she wants that object or she wants that to do that thing. And we've taken that away from her and that makes her angry. And so she's responding that way. And like, if you look at it that way and and you see that it's part of her development, you don't take it like, oh, just shut up already. There are times obviously when you're going to do that, but it's been kind of fun to watch her learn like what she wants and what's fun for her, what's interesting and, and what warrants her getting mad about something. That's... So yeah. Just take, take a lot of joy in the littlest things that happen because- they're only little for that that long, you know? That is true. Sadie, this was probably a month ago now. She's too big now and she gets too rambunctious, but she took a nap on me. It was like a Sunday afternoon and Chelsea was like, you want me to go put her in her crib? And I'm like, no, she's going to not ever want to do this ever again. It's like, you're right though, because they're only this small for a certain amount of time. And now Sadie would never take a nap with me because she gets too crazy. She can't go to, you know, she wouldn't be able to go to sleep unless she's in her crib. Like... One thing that's coming close for you that somebody told me that I shrugged off at the beginning until I I was in it was, dude, mobility is a game changer. Oh my gosh, dude. When they start walking, holy Moses, that is a whole separate. I remember being floored. I, I could stand it when, when Sadie would crawl. Okay, that was that was game changer because now she's like, you know, when you lay her down, she's not going to be there in a second. She's going to be somewhere else. And then she started walking in, but she needed the wall. So you're like, okay, find the wall because she's going to be near the wall. Like she can't go far away from that. But when she stood up on her own in the middle of the floor, Chelsea and I were both looking at and we both were like, oh crap, that is a Mm. new thing that we are not ready for. And then she's off and running. That was a whole separate game changer, but in a good way because now she can move and she's, you know, fun. But that, that, in that one second when she stood up on her own, we were like, whoa, what are, like, (laughs) you mean she's not ever, I thought she was just never going to (laughs) walk. She's just going to, you know, we weren't even expecting that. So mobile, when they get mobile, you talk game changer. Holy cow. It's funny how they have, 
all of these little moments where you realize over and over again, this is a little human. Yeah. Like I remember person. the first time Posey sneezed. She was, I mean, she was probably a day or two old. I was like, oh man, that's a human sneeze. But then they keep doing all these things to remind you, hey, I'm, I'm, like, I'm not a pet. I'm, I'm a little person. <laughs> Somebody said this once, and I would like to expand on this. Babies are little drunk people. And it is 110% true. Sadie is a little drunk person. She gets excited and like runs all arms going everywhere. Legs are going independent from each other and super wobbly, like can't stand still. Kind of leans, got, got the drunk guy lean going a little bit. Brody, I think we've hit just about everything. Talked about uh, hunting innocent baby elephants. We talked about uh, Nico Mannion and Arizona basketball. Talked a little bit about being called babysitters for our children. So I think we've hit all the beats. What do you got for us auction-wise this week? Auction-wise, guys, we're going to auction off to number 31 in memory of David Johnson, which was his number when he played here. He officially passed his physical today. And so we are wishing him the best of luck in Houston, but we are not sad that he is no longer an Arizona Cardinal. Here we go. And da 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 five now ten dollars here da 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 ten da 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 fifteen da 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 twenty dollars here da 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 twenty five and da 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 thirty dollars here da 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 thirty one da 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 thirty two da 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 thirty two and a half here da 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 thirty two so thirty one dollar thirty one. Thank you, David Johnson. Everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can hit us up at Inlaw Show on Twitter. Or send us an email at inlawshow at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye, guys.